0: being formed spiritually means that we repattern who we are and what we do. And that starts with what do you love? What's your identity? What do you believe is true? And then how do you live it out? Heart, soul, mind, and strength.
1: Episode 8 is underway for deepening roots and growing branches here at e- New Life Evangelical Free Church in Hastings, Minnesota. This is Paul Arneberg, your podcast host with Pastor Brent Kompelin and our sound engineer, Paul Cravens. A little later on today, we're going to have a guest, Deb Hanna on, talking about prayer. So I would like to start as the host to give an admonishment about prayer in episode 7, I talked about reading the Bible every day, which I have done daily, for the most part, for the last 15 years, and that was one through hard uh, lessons, that if I'm not in the Word every day, I am much worse in every way. And that's not an exaggeration. I need consistency. And prayer is something, I would admit it, it to be a, a weakness of mine, but recently, uh, Brent, you had a, a combined service at 10 a.m. on New Year's Day, and yep. that was one of the times you asked anyone to give glory. God for answered prayer. And I didn't raise my hand because I could raise my hand every single time because I'm a pretty transparent person. But one thing I'm going to say now more publicly is God answered prayer for me in 2022 by saying essentially no. Mm. The prayer answered was clarity to close my business. And later on, you're going to talk about heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you summarize the words being love, identity, belief, and behavior. And my identity for uh, 31 years has been youth worker, youth entrepreneur. And um, the clarity to close that business, as heartbreaking as it is, is actually an act of obedience. Because if I were to continue in that vein, I believe I would be ultimately disobedient and things would be worse than if I think I can muster in my own strength to eke something out apart from God's will. So suffice this to say, Make 2023 a year of prayer and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That includes his word, and it includes communicating with him, both individually and corporately through the local body. Brent.
0: Thanks, Paul. I love that illustration, and and it was so fun on that Sunday for people to share testimonies of God answering prayer. And some of them, as you said... Uh, it wasn't always yeses. Sometimes it was wait and sometimes it was no. Correct, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, God, uh, God is always at work. And mm-hmm. as we intercede and as we plead with him and we come before him, it's about being in his presence, uh, humbling ourselves before him and being good listeners to what he desires uh, and seeking his face. So I yes. love that. Well, today what we're going to do in this last episode seven, we were doing a, a deeper dive on the redemptive promises from the Pentateuch and talking about people, presence and place. Um, today we are going to talk about a little deeper dive on the redemptive goal. Like what is the transformation that God desires in us as he makes us his people, as he gives us his presence, as he redeems and transforms us by his power, then, and as he puts us in his place, as he, as he, as he puts us in context to, to walk with him, the transformation he desires is really holistic. It's about our entire life all of who we are and all of our being. It's about redeeming the image of God in every bit of who we are. Mm-hmm. And what I want to just share is there is something consistent across the old Testament and new Testament, a very simple phrase, a very simple sentence that was commanded in the book of Deuteronomy and is repeated by Jesus and is called the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if, if you have your Bible and, and especially as we were talking last episode, if, if you've been reading your Bible through the year, um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5 are a, an incredibly important and famous passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, as God commands his people with these words, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength.'" And the passage continues on in, in, in describing how we need to impress these truths upon the next generation. And as we as we uh, talk about them, as we sit at home and as we walk along the road and when we lie down, when we get up, to put them as symbols in, in every fashion of, of every facet of life that we uh, come into alignment with all of who we are in God's ways. Um, what what's, what's fascinating across, um, once you skip ahead to the Gospels, is the, there's this account uh, in Mark 12, and then also in the Gospel of Matthew, and mm-hmm. and we see it uh, in in the Gospels where uh, Jesus gets confronted with this question: What's the most What's the most important command? Like, what's the
1: greatest What's the greatest thing that we could do? And what does he say? He says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength." Curious that mind is there, but it wasn't in the original. Yeah, so he can speak about that.
0: Yeah, that I've. So I was just pondering this recently and honestly um, was listening to another podcast um, and some of you know I've mentioned recently in a sermon um, Andy Crouch, who's the director of uh, editorial director of Christianity today for many years um, he was describing this kind of um, situation of the Jesus repeating um, the the Shema from mm-hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he says, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, which mm-hmm. comes from Leviticus 19. The second is like it. Yep, the second is like it. And, um, you know, he said I, in his research, he said, I, I thought maybe it's like a discrepancy of some of the manuscripts, or maybe it was like the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament, where somebody added it in. He's like, it, for all intents and purposes, it looks like Jesus just, he added that in. Like, it, it was, it's not like some kind of error. Wow. <laughs> and so... Um, and so he says, heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's, um, there's a, a, for whatever reason, that additional element, and I mm-hmm. don't know how to explain it except for Jesus said it, and so it's true. That's right. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's that's sufficient for the moment, um, mm-hmm. without making this like an exegetical podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's what, what I want to point out here is when Jesus is questioned about what's most important, about what God desires, mm-hmm. he repeats this verse. Mm-hmm. And he describes this full picture, full scope of who we are. And I just want to explain those elements, the kind of fourfold, I'll call it integration of what it means to be uh, an image bearer or God's uh, a human being created in God's image and to follow him. It's heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our heart is really um, a description of what you love. It's what you set your desire upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and your soul is... Uh, describing your inner being, it's the identity of who you are at the deepest core. And then your mind is what you believe intellectually, like what you know conceptually is true. And then your strength is really like all of your gumption, it's your might. it's your it's how all of what you do in your behavior as you come into alignment with God's ways, reveals what you believe. And so there's a these four things all, Um, work together and it's all about the fullness of what it means in who we are as a person. So what you love, what is your identity? What do you believe is true? And then how does your behavior reveal what you value? Mm -hmm. All those things need to come into alignment. So maybe just, you know, talk with me for a few moments here, Paul. Why is that so important? All these different elements.
1: Well, one verse that pops into my mind that is a neat, even a further synopsis of that is John 4.24. The Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit, I would say, is, is the emotions and the soul and the heart, and the truth is anchoring everything in God's Word and His revealed truth in the in the Word of God and uh, everything. It's, we can't emphasize that enough. I think every episode, we could do 100 of these podcasts or more, mm-hmm. and every single episode we can talk about every square inch is the Lord's, and we need to not leave, leave any aspect of our life uh, out. It's not merely, I shouldn't say merely, but it's not prayer and Bible study in church. It's also work and marriage and parenting and hobbies and sports and what we watch yep. and what we do, what, how we social media, if that can be a verb, yep. which I <laughs> avoid, by the way, because I don't like the toxicity and I'd rather have the face-to-face instead of FaceTime. So uh, the, uh, the Shema, by the way, that's hero Israel, right? That's yep. Hebrew for hero Israel. That's a, an amazing... Oh, by the way, can I say this plug? Yeah. Uh, in the last episode, we sort of slammed Deuter- uh, Leviticus a little bit. It's a tough book to read. There's a lot of blood, a lot of sacrifices. Every time I read Deuteronomy, I love it more and more and more. And not only did Jesus quote from Deuteronomy 6 in the context of the Shema about the greatest commandment, he also used Deuteronomy for yeah. all three refutations of Satan yes, he did. in the wilderness yep. for uh, resisting temptation. So people, read Deuteronomy. It's so applicable to 2023.
0: It really is. It's And we were, this is now years ago, um, right at the beginning, right before COVID kind of shut everything down or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) we we were doing a series in Deuteronomy. And a lot of you who are new didn't know that. We only made it about a third of the way through the book Uh, of Deuteronomy, and then we sort of pivoted and did something else after that. But what we learned in those early chapters of Deuteronomy, because we did get to this chapter, was this is Moses' farewell speech. Mm-hmm. There's there's rebellion in God's people in the wilderness, and God said to Moses, you know, you're culpable for this reality of kind of what's happened with God's people, you're not going to enter the promised land. Yes. Joshua is. Yes. So Moses is there on Mount Nebo. He's not able to go across mm-hmm. the Jordan into the promised land, and he, in his farewell to the people, records this, this book of Deuteronomy, which is his... Uh, recounting of the experiences that the Israelites had coming out of the Exodus in the wilderness and the revelation of the Ten Commandments, and then how do they live in obedience to God and His ways. Yes. Um, it is a pastoral letter. yes. Most people don't realize that. They hear the book of Deuteronomy, and all they think of is just more laws. Mm-hmm. The book of Deuteronomy is like a pastoral letter from Moses to the people of God yes. as they are about to enter the promised land. It's beautiful. Almost like
1: Second Timothy when Paul was about to die, and he wrote his last letter to Timothy yes. before he was beheaded by Nero. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So Deuteronomy is, is is this wonderful book. And and again, this is really the heart that launches Moses into his pastoral application and his exhortations mm-hmm. of the people as he says, love God with all that you are mm-hmm. with every bit of who you are. And then talk about this devotion to God and what it means to be obedient to him in every sphere of your life. Mm-hmm. And so something you're going to hear us start talking about a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. is that we are aiming for a whole life discipleship. Yes. Wholehearted whole life discipleship. It's about every bit of me, Every bit of me, not only individually, but me in community with others, mm-hmm. coming into alignment with God. And it's not because of my effort, it's because of the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit and His power at work within me, transforming me. So let's talk for a moment about these four categories, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And I want to just maybe illustrate a couple moments of what it's like when we either overemphasize one or eliminate some of them. So like one one example is... In the American church, or at least in in some church contexts, we can overemphasize the intellectual so much that we we say that the thing implicitly we'll say the thing that matters most is that you have right beliefs. Yes. Of course, it matters. Mm-hmm. But we're not. Um, I've heard this said this way: we're not talking heads on a stick. <laughs> 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 like that, you're just like a, a a brain. Yes. And if you're if if what it meant to be a human being, an image bearer of God, was to have uh, the right intellectual. Like categories of things. Yeah. If that's all it meant, then yeah, beliefs would be the only thing you needed. Like or concepts, like propositional truth. Propositional truth is is of course unbelievably important as part of the Christian life. But if you forget the heart, soul, mind, and strength, you've um, thrown things out of whack. Mm-hmm. You know. Now there's other contexts, and this actually is not only in the church, but this happens. This is an emphasis of our culture. Is when you put uh, heart. Um, in terms of what you desire, what you love, is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. You can sacrifice objective truth and make things relative. Yes, you can also not care about how your body comes into alignment with God's ways, mm-hmm. and you can you know live however you want. Yeah. And, uh, so you do that in hedonism, or you you know seeking pleasure, mm-hmm. or um, in 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 whatever ways, just getting your loves out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can without focusing on the inner being or the soul uh, your identity yes um once you if you if you jettison that then identity becomes something you can decide on your own that's a big and that's just that oh my goodness that's mm-hmm. like what it is in our culture at this moment exactly so that's one and and go back to the heart one for a moment in the yeah. church if it's all about how you feel um the the emphasis of ministry can become, how can we like regenerate that experience of, uh, like the fluffy, like I feel good, uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, church ministry can be this like hamster wheel of how do we recreate the experience? And that's not what it's about, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, closeness with the Lord is again, of course, important, but, um, it's more so uh, a that sense of closeness to the Lord is is not an experience to chase, mm-hmm. you know, and try and conjure up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the whole being being uh, aligned with God's way. So thoughts on that?
1: Just like how do we get these things out of order or out of whack? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's being unplugged from the Spirit. We talked in episode seven about we are indwelt by the Spirit. We are embodied souls, and and the Lord through His Holy Spirit. Remember, the Father sent the Son. The son died, rose again, sent the spirit. The spirit indwells us. If we are not loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we are grieving the spirit because he wants us to be in fellowship with him in every part. And, in fact, I, I have to do my episode pop cultural reference. I think you're saying, Brent, we have to be the <laughs> scarecrow, and the lion, and the uh, tin man in the Wizard of Oz. And for that matter, maybe Dorothy. Maybe Dorothy yep. is the behavior, because yep. she ran away from home. Exactly. And, and the scarecrow is the mind, and the uh, the uh, uh, tin man is the heart, and then the soul would be probably the, the lion, because he had the courage, right? Yeah, yeah. So yep. we have to be like all four Wizard of Oz principles to be a true uh, Christ follower in our walk with the Lord. Yeah, I love that. <laughs>
0: uh, that's wonderful. Well, so you, I'm sure those of you listening, you can probably think about either things that are happening in the culture around us or even just ways that you feel a tug and pull day by day. Um, we can dial up or dial down or eliminate some of these things and just say, well, my identity in term, you know, I can decide what that is. I don't, mm. That doesn't have to be given to me by God. Um, when you read this heart, soul, mind and strength, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, yes. with all your soul with all your mind, with all your strength. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to take each one of these four things and take what we think they should be and lay them down on the altar. That's right. Die to self yep. and say, God, you remake me mm-hmm. in my heart, soul, mind and strength, the integrated, like all of who I am, whole life. Um, and and, and and reshape and remake me into a new creation to follow you and to be in alignment with you and not yes. myself.
1: And that goes back to what I said at the beginning about prayer, how the Lord called me to close my Jughead's ministry business and my identity then is in jeopardy because I've been a youth worker since I was 23 years old. I was Kaya's age or so when I began professionally to be a youth worker, mm-hmm. and that is going away, but back to Ernest Stellingworth who was our guest, I think, in episode three, three or four, something like that. Yep. Ernest was back then. We talked about vocation, and so I, Paul Arnberg age 53, I have to now practice dependence on the Lord for my identity vocationally, yeah. but then he reminds me, Paul, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, and man shall not be the sum of his occupation. And that includes <laughs> (laughs) my occupation as Wendy's husband, or my occupation as New Life Church member, or my occupation as a resident of Hastings, Minnesota under the United States of America Constitution. We are citizens of the King, and the more we remember that in everything we do, not only can we surrender mustering up our own sufficiency, but we can see something better because the Lord knows better than we do what is best for us.
0: Yes. Yes. So this this is what we're going to get into in the next handful of episodes. Is starting to talk about spiritual formation and the new birth, mm-hmm. and what it means when you say you're born again. Um, it's not a political term; <laughs> it is a uh, it is a deeply rich biblical concept of becoming a new creation in Christ yes. and having a real regeneration of your inner being, mm-hmm. your, your inner being, and and then coming to see every part of who you are. Um, sanctified for the Lord Amen. set apart for him, made holy and so so let's talk about that just for a moment. as we're gonna get deeper into spiritual formation in the coming episodes, mm-hmm. let's just make sure we're on the same page. Jesus himself says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul mind and strength and then love your neighbors yourself mm-hmm. and the heart, soul mind, and strength is about reordering what you love. And Augustine, who's a kind of classic theologian yep. from from uh, fourth century, mm-hmm. he uh, he talked about reordering your loves as a way of understanding what you desire, like coming into alignment with God, and because we are created as God is love to be setting our affection and desire. On something or someone. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we always will. Yes, and and idolatry or sin is a re, it's a misordering mm-hmm. of what we love. We tend to love the creature rather than the creator. Yes, or right. The, you know, right. That's Romans, Romans chapter one, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a variety of other things, of vocation or our children or other mm-hmm. things that we can say we put them above God. Reorder those loves because what God wants is with all your heart mm-hmm. to love Him first. Yes. And then all things fall in line after that. So reordering what you love soul is reordering or sorry, redefining our identity. So redefining our identity, your identity is not either self-made. It's not your vocation. It's not your, it's not your earthly family. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself says that about who are my brothers and sisters. Who is my mother? Yes. It's the ones who are part of the kingdom of God and Mm -hmm. obey the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, so you are d- redefining your identity means that you primarily now are a daughter or son of God, mm-hmm. that you are in union with Christ Amen. and that you are a citizen of heaven. Mm-hmm. and that all that identity reshapes everything. Yes, and all of your other identities of who you are as a person, uh, man or woman, citizen of this country, citizen of that country a part of this family, part of this church, part of this community. All those things come after mm-hmm. your being a child of God in God's kingdom. Yes. So redefine your identity. The other one, mind, is to rediscover what is true. So like we need to recover the biblical truth of who God is, what he has said is right and what he has said is wrong and how to live. That's right. It's like we need objective truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so rediscovering what is true with mm-hmm. in in conceptually. And then the last our strength. Is to re-pattern our behavior, and I use that word pattern on purpose, because mm. um, a lot of who we are as people is we walk in grooves or patterns or ways that we have kind of worn worn a path. Mm-hmm. And repatterning means actually shaping in a deeper way how we live moment by moment. Yes. Um, and so uh, it, it matters that we uh, are shaped and formed. That's why we say spiritual formation. Mm-hmm to have our bodies and all that we do in our actions come into alignment with what we say we believe with our values. It's the word indeed.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and that avoids hypocrisy Which is the most common uh, charge Leveled in against Christians that you're hypocritical Well, yeah, we're all being made into the likeness of Christ But if we are overtly sinning, willfully sinning And running from the Spirit Well, then we are deserving of that label hypocrisy And I'm going to give another plug yep. For one of the most uh, wonderfully rich chapters Out of Romans about this behavior Is Romans 12 Actually, it's also behavior and it's, it's um, mind Yep. That to renew ourselves by the or transform ourselves by the renewing of our minds. Of course, we don't transform ourselves, but reading God's word helps to transform our mind so that we have behavior that follows. Yeah.
0: And I'll even add to that, you go to the verse prior it says, do not conform to the pattern of
1: this world. That's right. Right? We'll go back to identity issues <laughs> yeah. and other things. We exactly. Talk about. But right there,
0: Paul uses the pattern language. Yes. And mm. then the renewal language yes. in the very next verse. And and I love that because he's essentially saying Apart from Christ, you're living in a pattern that is like a malformed meaning of what it means to be a person, yes. made in God's image, like a human being made mm-hmm. in God's image, to be a creature made in God's image, and and so uh, being redeemed and being formed spiritually means that we re-pattern who we are and what we do, mm-hmm. and that starts with what do you love, what's your identity. What do you believe is true, and then how do you live it out? Heart, soul, mind, and strength.
1: So, conform to this world in Romans twelve one is essentially Genesis three, we're sinners, yeah. but then renewed according to, uh, renewed in our mind is the gospel because Christ offers us His imputed righteousness by which we become more Christ like and can actually have good works and behavior and fruit that will last, according to John fifteen sixteen. Amen. All right, we have
0: a guest with us today, Deb Hanna, who's a member of our church family. And thanks for being here. It's just fun to have you um, to be able to talk about applying what we've been learning, which is having uh, a whole life discipleship, a spiritual formation as God shapes our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what I thought would be fun to talk to you about is prayer, and specifically corporate prayer, and what it's like to um, be a part of a church family and to pray together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So maybe tell us a little bit about your journey with, uh, with prayer and especially with corporate prayer as part of the church.
2: Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Personally, um, prayer, uh, the Lord kind of puts me in desperate places and Mm -hmm. um, my growth in my personal prayer seems to have come from a place of, of desperation. Mm -hmm. And um, then Just recently, um, being uh, all alone, single, uh, all my children have grown up, and I'm alone. And uh, so for the last four years, it's probably another place of desperation of Mm. um, no one to just grab and say, let's pray about this, Um, uh, strictly leaning on the Lord and missing a church family. I was without a church family for a while, and I became very desperate for Others to pray with and to hear, and yep. um, so that's uh, for me. The corporate side of things also kind of grew out of a place of need and yeah. Uh, desperation.
0: Yeah. So, could you characterize for us, like what what is what's corporate prayer? How does that relate to personal prayer life? Like, what does it mean to have a to be a a, a believer that really seeks the Lord in prayer in all those different facets?
2: You know what comes to mind is uh, just recently I was listening to a podcast uh, by Daniel Henderson, and uh, he talked about um, somebody asking him what's more important, a personal prayer um, Mm. or a corporate prayer? And his answer was both. Um, It's like having uh, two legs and only walking on one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I would say for me... um, Personal prayer is a priority, um, but hearing the prayers of my church family um, is there's no replacement for n- mm-hmm. knowing who we are um, as believers in prayer.
0: Yep. So, how does that shape you? Like, I, just imagine for your own life, what's it like? What does God do to help you grow closer to Him as you hear the prayers of your brothers and sisters?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, for me, it encourages me. Yeah. Um, it encourages me that I'm not alone, um, that others are have the same um, heartfelt desire for um, power in prayer, for answers mm-hmm. to prayer, for um, uh, community in yeah. prayer. Um, I, I think for all of us to hear each other's hearts, um, we... I, I mentioned yep. this earlier, but yep. we all, um, I think, will be more um, tolerant of each other, more loving of each other, when mm. we hear um, the the hearts and the um, the needs of yeah. um, each other's hearts.
0: Yeah, it's that bearing with one another and carrying each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we mm-hmm. talk about it in the church um, rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning mm-hmm. with those who mourn and mm-hmm. coming alongside each other and corporate mm-hmm. prayer. Here we are, children of God, like corporate prayer, talking to our Heavenly Father together. Yeah. It's like it builds a sibling bond. It's yeah. It helps us to grow to appreciate the different personalities and different people and their different experiences, but yeah. also um, the intercession for one another
2: mm.
0: helps us to not think about ourselves. It, it's, mm. it's a shaping element in terms of what we love, like what yeah. where's our heart? Mm. What identity do we have in Christ that we're secure in Him? Yeah that we plead with him to, to provide and protect Mm -hmm. and to guide us that, that, uh, reinforces what we believe. Um, and it kind of repatterns even our behavior because we stop and we have to pause Mm -hmm. and we get off sort of the treadmill of life (laughs) and, and you sit down with another and talk to our heavenly father together. It's like, it does Mm -hmm. all those heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. Like corporate prayer is this formational thing that changes us. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and makes us more compassionate when you hear the struggle in somebody's heart for their prodigal child, mm. or the yeah. struggle in their heart for a, a s- unbelieving spouse, or um, just a failure in their own life.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you just grow in compassion for your brother or sister, and yep. you want to hold them up more in prayer or yep. um, put an arm around them.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely, and the there's something about that um, of of God desiring us to come to Him, our heavenly Father, uh, to to bring our requests to Him. Like there's a humility on our part, mm, there's a recognition of His power and His work mm-hmm. in our lives. It's a it's such a shaping thing. I mean, I was mm-hmm. if we talk about it being spiritually formational, our world is sort of teaching us that. Uh, you get to define not only what you think is true, but you need to do everything to achieve what you think is the right way to live on your own strength. It's mm. like you do it, you gird yourself up, you get to go after it. Mm. Um, the Christian life, especially because corporate prayer mm. draws us into like relationships with each other and with our heavenly father, it's a relationship of dependence.
2: Yeah.
0: And our our whole world is like, no, you get to be independent and do it on your own. <laughs> It's just so yeah. countercultural yeah. and it's just beautiful.
2: It's for me, um, especially with the roots and branches mm-hmm. um, part of the thing, that um, we're in this together. And I can't imagine a soccer team or a football team, you know, no, never having a huddle, you yeah. know, or never, yep. um, never really gathering together to yep. be in this and just really... Um, I think that's why the fasting and praying has been on my heart, mm. is just to know that we are not going to build this house. Yes. Um, and that it's, if it's going to be a house of prayer, uh, we have to start out that way. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and it's, I love that analogy. It's a team sport. Like mm-hmm. following Jesus is a team sport because yeah. he's called a people and he's created a body. Over which he's the head mm-hmm. we're a family of God like all all the metaphors of that in scripture yeah. are so clear that like this is a, this is a team event and prayer is that way too because yes we have our private time with the Lord which is incredibly important to have have that mm-hmm. but um, I love mm-hmm. the particularly formational way that corporate prayer shapes us as believers. Mm-hmm. And it's so so important. And we yeah. you, you see that um, on Sunday mornings we pray a lot during the services. Yeah. Um, sometimes we have opportunities where we can do that, like within the congregation, or or just uh, um, a number of weeks ago on on January first, we were able to share like how God answered mm. prayer, and yeah. it was so beautiful to see yeah. how the, God's working in different ways in people's lives. Mm. So I loved that.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, for sure. I. Hearing other people's testimonies of answered prayer; um, those are the things that motivate us um, to um, keep praying, yes. to never give up praying, to um, uh, hold on to um, the the hope of answered prayer. Yep. Yeah.
0: Amen. Well, thanks for talking with us. I'll just mm-hmm. say for you, those of you listening, if you have an opportunity, I would really encourage you, find ways to pray with one another. Mm-hmm. If you need to make that, like like go and find someone on a Sunday yes. morning or if you need to invite someone over to your house because you're having a struggle or you need to meet at a coffee shop and do that, or if you can come on our, our prayer our prayer nights on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. Deb Hanna's yep. been leading that, and there's yep. a, there's a small group of people that pray for the needs in our mm-hmm. church and for various things around the body mm-hmm. and around our world. and uh, and. and Yeah, go ahead. Add some more.
2: Thursday mornings, um, for, I, I know those aren't available to a lot of people, but the third Thursday of every month, um, Mm -hmm. there's some women that get together and those have been some of the most heartfelt, touching, um, prayers of where we weep together, um, we're serious uh, about praying for our lost children or prodigal children, um, so I yep. highly recommend, if you can't make those two groups, create your own.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And then let's continue to develop a culture of prayer where we have prayer, uh, a real heartfelt, desperate prayer sewn into everything that we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, not merely the kind of token prayer at the beginning or something like that, but just an opportunity to seek the Lord, be restful in his presence, mm-hmm. and then like operate out of the the, the power of the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. And Mm -hmm. so just to continue to encourage our congregation to let's be a praying church. Mm
1: -hmm. So thanks for being with us,
2: Deb. Mm, Thank you.
1: That brings to an end episode eight of Deepening Roots and Growing Branches, a podcast ministry of New Life Evangelical Free Church. We are in a campaign, uh, a long years campaign, about expanding our ministries and our vision for discipling by doing or learning by doing here. And we thank you for being our faithful listeners. We encourage you to share this podcast with others, even if they don't even go to this church, so that they can be encouraged to be in the word, in prayer, and in the Lord's will for 2023. Thank you for listening.